Woods Rainforest Mind with me, Casper Thompson. I didn't sleep well last night for some reason. I was quite cheerful yesterday, which is unusual for me. And sometimes when I have a good day, other parts of my psyche uh, react badly to that. I don't know if it was that or the sticky toffee pudding with the sugar in. But I was wide awake for a long time before getting to sleep and tossing and turning and awake in the night and really hated the noise of the alarm going off at seven o'clock this morning. It's a Friday and we have service at eight on Fridays. That's why I was getting up and as we were doing the walking and the chanting I found that I was fantasising about having a conversation with somebody about my being depressed I identify as someone who struggled that's the phrase isn't it struggled with depression I don't think I don't massively struggle with it anymore um, because I I live with it and it comes and goes much less powerfully than it used to and it's less affecting than it used to be but it still comes and goes and mornings are a particularly tricky time for me anyway in the service I was imagining talking to somebody about this and being dismissed not being taken seriously in this uh, imaginative conversation imagine i was describing how this and this is this is a true experience on mornings when the depression is around which is most mornings at the moment it's hard for me to imagine anything in the day that I'm looking forward to or that gives me a reason it's hard nothing in the day seems like a good enough reason for waking up for getting out of bed for and these days my experience is if I wait a while that tends to pass if I wait without putting any extra energy into it and just observe it and I'm lucky that the meditation practice I've done has support, and I guess being in therapy and and being a therapist has supported me to find a place where I can observe it without putting any extra energy into it. Usually it passes, or a different thought appears, which is something, a reason to get up for. So it's really helpful for me to give myself time in the mornings to find, to let that settle on its own. And the alarm this morning disrupted that process. But anyway, in this conversation I was imagining, I described that process to somebody and the response I got back was, well, everybody can't be asked to do something sometimes. And I found myself, as I'm walking and chanting in the service, imagining this conversation, getting really annoyed with this person in my mind. And I 
I, uh, I managed to catch myself and say, hang on a minute, this person, in real life, this person hasn't done anything wrong. Um, you're just using them as a, I'm just using them as a stand-in. There's no, why am I getting annoyed at them? This is a conversation that didn't happen. So what's that about? Well, I guess it's about a part of me that doesn't take myself seriously, particularly that doesn't take my experience of depression seriously. And I felt quite moved when I had that thought and also quite sad for myself. I think often when I talk about being depressed, which isn't very often at all actually, I would da- I tend to downplay it or make a joke out of it. Or just not talk about it. And when I do talk about my feelings, I can be very articulate about them. And I think that gives the impression of somebody who's resilient. And there is a lot of resilience in me. And there's a lot of woundedness. And so it is true that there are mornings where I don't see a reason for getting out of bed. And some days that hangs around. It makes its that feeling makes its presence known in the day, and, and mostly these days um, I'm able to do stuff regardless of whether it's around or not. And often, when I, often usually when I start doing something, that feeling of reluctance dissipates. Because the depression isn't the only thing that's true, the reluctance isn't the only thing that's true. There are parts of me that really enjoy the work that I do. Most of me really enjoys the work that I do and getting feedback from the world. By feedback, I don't necessarily mean being told things, but seeing uh, the results of a job well done is a form of feedback for me. And it's, um, you know, I'm still not sure if I'm going to put this recording out or not. And I'm still not sure how vulnerable I've made myself or how clearly I've got the power of this depression over. And it feels important for me to balance it out with the good things in my life. Because of the position I'm in as a Buddhist teacher and a psychotherapist. Surely I should have sorted myself out by now. That's what the inner critic says. And imagines that you are saying the same. You know, how can you be giving all these Dharma teachings if you're still feeling really low emotions yourself? If you still fall into states of depression? How can you be a psychotherapist facilitating other people if you haven't sorted yourself out? And the answer to that, I think, actually, is that for me, spiritual practice and psychotherapy isn't necessarily about sorting yourself out or even being sorted out by a higher power. It's about learning to live gracefully with what you've got.
and what most of us have got is a mixture of things. So I'm really grateful on days when I can be cheerful and light-hearted and enjoy things really deeply. Um, They feel like a real blessing. And I hope that those days, um, there'll be more of those days to come. And maybe even that the proportion of those days will increase. The worst days that I have are much, much more infrequent than they used to be. Most of my days are in the middle somewhere. And actually, as I look back over the last year, over the last two years, the general trajectory has been towards increasing number of good days and decreasing number of bad days. And I'm aware, even as I use those terms, that there's a judgment attached to them. And I think that judgment is part of what perpetuates the problem. If I ask myself, is it possible to really feel loved just as I am, regardless of what sort of day I'm having? That's challenging. Intellectually, it's what I put my trust in. And there's parts of me that deeply believe it, and there's parts of me that struggle to believe that that's true. How is it to hang out in the space that you're in right now? That's, that's the invitation that I make to my clients and it's the invitation that I make to myself. Is it possible to find a place of ease in the midst of reluctance, depression, low moods, anxiety, if that's your habitual dysfunction? <laughs> tricky isn't it there's a lot of judgments built into the language that we use so when Satya said to me this morning oh how would it be to really be depressed and just have a day in bed actually it was hard for me to take that seriously because I feel like oh well that's not the right that's not what a functional person does my inner critic was quite is quite active today I guess Whereas actually, I have given that advice to people myself. Well, it sounds like what that part is requesting is a quiet day, is a slow day. Can you give it that? And in my life, there are days when I do manage to give it that. And I'm very lucky that being self-employed and being fairly autonomous in how I run the temple... I'm able to create days that have got space in them that do give some solace to that part that doesn't want to do anything. Maybe the guilt and shame is more active because I'm sharing it or intending to share it with you and there is that discrepancy between the self that I would like to present or that I imagine you would like presented and my actual experience of being a human being. Spiritual maturity for me is about being more joined up somehow. It's about being more accepting of all the different parts of my experience, which includes the things um, that I don't talk about so much. It includes my, you know, my inner Trekkie that really is enjoying the new Star Trek series on 
Netflix and enjoying completely re-watching Deep Space Nine and taking part in online discussions about all that. And yet that's a side of my life that I completely hide from the world most of the time because there's some embarrassment about it because when I was growing up it wasn't cool to be a nerd or a geek. It's a bit cooler these days thanks to the Big Bang Theory and things like that but it wasn't cool when I was growing up. And the same is true of what we might call mental ill health. I don't know if depression is mental ill health. Sometimes I think actually it's an appropriate response to a world that has got a lot of suffering in. It's a way of keeping ourselves safe. The the restriction, the lack of motivation um, also reduces risk. And of course, that's a mixed blessing. But it's important for my practice to accept that those things are part of me and I think it's important to name that they're part of me as a Buddhist teacher and a psychotherapist as well and that my journey hasn't been about cutting pieces off that I don't like but about including them more and more deeply and learning to live with them and actually often as I find those things an appropriate place or I'm able to include them in the guest house of my soul to paraphrase Rumi, they begin to shift and change on their own, in their own time. There's no forcing these things. As a client, I think that's what I've received the most helpfully, is space just to go, oh, here's this, and here's this, and here's this, and can I find a way of sitting with all of that? And that's what I love about the mindfulness practices that I've learned and taught. So here's this, here's this, and here's that. And this is how it is to be human. This is how it is to be me right now. Can I find a way of just sitting and allowing all of that to be true? And for me, that's easier when it happens in a religious context. And it's easier when I'm in a supportive community. It's easier when my faith in something beyond those parts of myself deepens. So this is um, probably as much as I wanted to say today. My name is Casperlita. Casper, to my friends, to everybody really. Well, I guess I am to... <laughs> I was going to say I aim to be friends with everybody. That's not true. I've got a limited capacity for intimacy. Um, I aim to be friendly with everybody. Um, and sometimes I'm depressed and sometimes I'm cheerful and both of those things are true and I hope that you can find a way of accepting yourself whatever state you find yourself in I often think of the image I use the image of a guest house but I often think of the image of a room or a house and like if you, um, if I push these things out that I don't like about myself or I try not to see them, then they just find them, you know, they come in through the window or through the back door. And of course, the more I ignore them, the more fuss they tend 
to make. A little bit like the cats, actually. <laughs> Whereas, if I can find a place for them down by the fire, well, come on in, depression, I've saved a spot for you. And the kettle's just boiled. Let me pour you some tea. Not always, but often they do settle down and begin to unwind and unravel in their own time. Thanks for listening. My name's Casper uh, Thompson. You've been listening to Rainforest Mind. I'm a Buddhist teacher and psychotherapist, and I do have spaces for new clients at the moment. Check out my website at Casper Thompson, K A S P A T H O M P S O N dot co dot uk and look out for another edition of Rainforest Mind.